Let's give it up for this uh, all-star team up here. Come on, you guys are spoiled rotten. You don't understand the music. Did you see how many Sunday school teachers left this building? You got more Sunday school teachers and some churches got people in their church. Come on, let's give the Lord some more. Let your hands hurt a little bit. Come on, somebody. Come on, excellent singing, excellent worship. The presence of God was here. If you wanted Him, you could have had Him. They invited him. Praise God. God bless you. Y'all may be seated for just a little bit. I got up early and uh, was praying. And uh, the Lord spoke to me to sing a song. Is that all right? Well, I hate to sing here. All these all-stars everywhere. However... I just happened to be one of them lunatics he was talking about. And when the Lord tells me to do something, I do it. I don't hesitate. Because I might miss the moment that he was wanting me to catch. Let that sink in. I'm preaching already. I'm going to sing an old hymnal. So if you would, I'm going to ask you to do something weird. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to bow your head and I want you to listen to the words of this song. I don't know who this is for. I don't know why he asked me to do it. But I'm going to do it because I want to be submissive to the Lord. Hallelujah. If I get off key, just find me, okay? In the harvest fields now ripened, there's a work for all to Hark the voice of God is calling. He's calling this morning to the harvest calling you. Little is much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth nor fame. There's a crown and you can win it if you go in Jesus' name. Does the place you're called to labor, listen to this, does it seem so small and little known? It is great if God is in it and He will not forsake His own. Little is much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth nor fame. There's a crown and you can win it if you go in Jesus name when the conflict here has ended and our race on this old earth is run he will say if if we are faithful Welcome home, my child, well done. Little is much 
when God is in it. Labor not for wealth nor fame. You see, there's a crown of life and you can win it if you go in Jesus' name. I'll sing it today when God is in it. Labor not for well nor fame. You see, there's a crown and you can win it if you go in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody believe the song. Somebody believe the words. God, I hope you're ready for me this morning. I pulled in the parking lot and I looked at my wife and I said, I can't wait to put this number 12 in the devil's face today. Hallelujah. <laughs> now, if you want a healing today, you can have it. Now, if you need the Holy Ghost, nobody, nothing can stop you from getting it. It's the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's already been poured out. Woo. Only person that stops you from getting to Jesus is you. He takes up all space. He's everywhere at all times. He's waiting patiently. We used to sing, Behold, I stand at the door. He's there. He's waiting on you. At any moment while I'm preaching, you feel the call of God. You beat it down here. And God will heal you. And God will deliver you. And God will set you free. I, I'm prophesying that in the name of Jesus. You know why? He's the one that does the healing. He's the one that does the delivering. We do the answering. Pastor, thank you. I think this does as much or more for me as it does for you. To come and preach to a beautiful assembly. This kind of worship. These kind of people. You're all my kind of people. Even if I am a lunatic. I'm not calling you one of them. I'm calling me one of them, okay? How many is ready for the word? Grab your Bibles. If you, if you have them, let's turn to the book of Judges chapter 9. <clears throat> Judges chapter 9 verses number 52 through 55 man I give honor to this church thank you for allowing me to come back when I was here last you forgot to mention there was an ice storm so when I saw the bad weather and the high winds I said uh uh not this time devil not this time devil so we got a window today, and I'm about to jump through it. <laughs> it's a big window. <laughs> and Abimelech came into the tower and fought against it and went hard unto the door of the tower to burn it with fire. This is a violent dude. And a certain woman... certain woman is about to take out a violent dude 
I love it. Cast a piece of a millstone upon Abimelech's head. All to break his skull. I know some women like that. Then he called hastily unto the young man, his armor bearer, and said unto him, Draw thy sword and slay me, that men not say of me, a woman slew me. And his young man thrust him through and he died. And when the men of Israel saw that Abimelech was dead, they departed every man unto his place. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm going to preach this morning about insignificance is not an option. Insignificance is not an option. Lord Jesus, we love you. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your power, your presence. We thank you for your goodness. Lord, I bind any spirit of fear. I rebuke any spirit of, of, of just degradation, any kind of problem, any kind of thing that would stop somebody from hearing your word. I loose miracles, signs, wonders by the mighty name of Jesus. By the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, let your word come forth. Anoint our ears and hearts. And more than importantly, God, let us react. In Jesus' name. God bless you as you're seated. Look at somebody and say, insignificance is not an option. (laughs) Well, I don't know about Kentucky, but Indiana sure is messed up. We got some junk going on up there. And I know Kentucky's got it too. These boys don't even know that they're boys up there. These girls, they forgot these girls. There's people doing some crazy stuff in this world today. And let me tell you, our United States, and I believe, in fact, our world is in a fight of its life. I believe that we're in the last days. And I believe we're living in the end times. I'm only 50, but I believe this is the greatest fight that I've ever personally seen in the spirit. We've seen wars, physical wars. We've been to Desert Storm in my lifetime and things like this and Bosnia and all these places. But in the spirit, I don't believe that I've ever seen any worse times than we're living in. I was listening and I'm connected to some uh, Jewish rabbis in, in, in Israel and And I try to keep up with what they're thinking and what they're saying. And one, two weeks ago, made a post that there is nothing else that this world could do to make God mad other than this uh, gender problem. Because in the beginning, God created. He created man. He created female. And and they came together. It wasn't, I know you're going to think I'm stupid. It wasn't Adam and Steve. It was Adam and Eve. Okay? And that is the epitome, according to the Jewish rabbis, of the lowest that this world could go before Jesus or before the Messiah, in their, in their words, comes back for his, for his church, for His people. Now, I, I just think we're there. I just think we're fighting for our life. And uh, I, I, I see the scriptures. I know you do. And you've got a pastor that preaches. And you've got many capable ministers that have brought to your attention. Isaiah 5 and 20. It says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light. Light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Second Timothy. Brother Paul said in 3.13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse be deceiving and being deceived. Don't get scared when you see all this coming. It's time not to be insignificant no more. It's time to start standing up. 
it's time to start being the man and woman of God that you're supposed to be. He said it shall get bad. It shall get worse. But our God who is rich in mercy, our God who is great, my God where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. You're on the winning team this morning. You're on the winning side. Our God's never been defeated. He can't be defeated. Woo! Hallelujah. Woo! We're facing fear in unprecedented heights. The United States consumes over 90% of all the world's mind drugs. Do you know that there's a scripture in the Bible that says in the last days men's hearts will fail them for fear of the things that they're seeing coming upon the face of this earth? I believe we're there. I believe we're getting really close. <coughs> Excuse me. And I want to I say this morning that I want to fight the good fight. I want to stand up for the Lord. I'm not quitting. I'm not going to be quiet. I'm not going to shut down in the face of adversity. My Lord, I... Two weeks ago, I told Brother, Brother Cook this. I was witnessing to a girl that had backslid out of my youth group. I hadn't seen her in years. And I loved her. I went and picked her up in my car. And, and Heather and I and my, my, my family, and I give honor to my wife and my daughters here with me today. And I'm happy that they're here. But this girl kept calling me and saying, I have uh, four kids in the car with me. And I'm at the, the Bedford, Indiana Public Library and I'm using their Wi-Fi and everything's out. Everything's gone. I have no gas. I have no money. So I try to use a little wisdom. So I start drilling her on how'd you get there and why have you gotten yourself in this position? Where's your man? You got four kids. You, you had a man at some point. <laughs> I'm a mean pastor, I'll tell you. Come on, loosen up with me today. And every time I left to go give her money, every time I left to go give her food, something would come up. A phone call would come through. The pastor would say, you got to be over here to pray for so-and-so. you got to go to the hospital to do this. Somebody would call, and I mow a lot of grass and do a lot of odd jobs. Somebody would call and say, hey, man, i got a water leak. you got to come over. And So I'd inbox her and say, hey, uh, I'll be there in just a little bit. And then when I'd go to see her, she wouldn't be there. So I'd inbox her. I'd say, I thought you was out of gas. You pick that car up like Fred Flintstone and got out of here, or what'd you do? And she'd be like, oh, well, my mom come. and this. It went for two days, and I finally, my wife's here, so she can vouch. I came home, and my head was hung down, and I was tore up about it. And I was like, Heather, I just, you know me. I give the shirt off my back, and, and that's a big old shirt. But anyway, I, I just help her, and I, and I can't help her. And every time I go, I, I'm just frustrated. I want to help her. That was on Saturday. On Sunday, I, 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 Saturday evening, I inboxed her and said, Hey, I'll come and pick you and your kids up. Let's go to church. Let's go to Sunday school. You know a little bit about it. You need to get those kids in the church. And I'm all pumped up. And, and I want to see somebody saved. And she won't answer me back. So I go to church and have a great Sunday in church in the house of the Lord. And I get up Monday morning. And the first thing on my Facebook is this girl... And her man that I didn't know about 
were in jail in Bedford. You know what they did? They beat almost to death the man that come and give them money. Pistol whipped him. He had to crawl for his life to the next house. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I saved you. That was going to be you. Now why did you tell that story, Brother Britt? Because we're living in a twisted, broken, crazy society that needs Jesus. And what, So, so why did you say, well let me tell you why I said it. Because you don't need to be afraid. Because the God that stopped me from going will stop you from going when the time comes. Jesus said, I'm sending you out. I'm telling you to go and propagate the gospel. And if you'll do it, and you'll walk, and you won't feel insignificant, and you won't feel pressed down, and you won't feel like you ain't got nothing off. My God, I'm preaching right now. God will protect you. God will order your footsteps. God will send you where you need to go. And He'll keep you when you get there. If we're not prayed up, if we're not fired up, if we're not ready for the gospel, we can be rendered insignificant to the battle. We can be rendered insignificant to the cause of Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, might I tell you that there's more to being saved than just speaking in tongues. We need to see somebody else saved. He poured out the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, but before he ascended up into heaven, he said, go tell everybody. Go give this to somebody. Go give this to somebody. You see, Satan's secret weapon is to make you feel insignificant. It's to make you feel worthless. To make you feel like, well, that's his job. That's his job. That's his job. That's this dude here's job. That can't be my job because he didn't call me to be the pastor. He didn't call me to be the mayor. He did call you to be a minister. He did call you and said, whosoever will. He's given you his spirit. Not to toy with. Not to play with. Not to save yourself only. But he's given you his spirit to lead you and guide you into all truth. That you can see your family saved. Your co-workers saved. Your lost loved ones saved. Do you understand you have the power of the Holy? you got Jesus living inside of you. You're a bad dude. You're a bad dudette. Let him stand up. Anybody like to have a good strong backbone? Say, devil, I'm about to give that to you. (laughs) I've come to preach this morning. Insignificance not an option in our day and age. Insignificance not an option in our day and age. You see, his secret weapon is to get you to say things like this. Well, what can I do to change anything? What can I do? This is a big problem, Brother Brent. We serve a big God, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Isn't it funny how Satan gets us to thinking about completely opposite of who God is? We'll say things like, well, if I did do something, would it even help? Come on, you've said it. I know you have. I've said it. There's times that when I'm not prayed up, when I'm not fired up, when I haven't fasted, when I haven't read my Bible. 
Isn't it funny how the devil can make you feel insignificant? Isn't it funny when you ain't prayed in a little bit and then you finally come to pray, everything that you've been thinking, seeing, and doing comes to your mind other than Jesus? Well, no wonder Paul said, I got to die daily. No wonder Paul said, I must crucify my flesh. I must lay it all down. For no wonder Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. You get a little denial in your life. And you'll get a whole lot of Jesus in your life. Woo, I preach another message. It's not this morning, but uh, emptiness determines outpouring. That's a free one. Emptiness determines outpouring. You want more of God? Empty yourself. He can't fill something up. It's already full of junk. That's just free. Right there. I believe we're living in the time. It's time to stand up and fight for the Word of God. I believe we're supposed to fight for righteousness. I think we're supposed to fight for the deliverance of this world that we're living in. I stand with the Apostle Paul this morning. In Romans 1 and 16, it says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation you see our world's trying to tell us there's many different ways oh no ladies and gentlemen our God is one and him only shalt thou serve his name is Jesus it's been revealed to us Woo! my lord I don't know why I'm so I'm as violent as this Abimelech I'm about to preach about the Bible says the kingdom of God suffereth violence. But the violent going to take it by force. Not the sissies. Come on. I'm about to preach about this little lady here in just a second. Who whooped a fire out of a man who had been taught to kill his whole life. Because she said to herself... I Can you see her saying it? Hopefully it was a little more girly than that. But So Abimelech. Let's talk about him. He was a scoundrel. He went to this town called Shisham. And he recruited a bunch of his half-brothers and his brethren to go kill all of his other half-brethren that was in line for the king. And what kind of dude does that? An evil dude. And we're living in an evil time. And they're out there. So, so here he goes. He goes and kills 69 of his brothers. And one hit himself and stayed alive. And these, these people in this town called Sechem set him up as king. And he's up there being king and thinking he's cool. And you know, he's got his Rolls Royce. And he's got his women. And the, the palm branches are flopping. And... All this, and all of a sudden they hear this big old voice from the 70th brother. Which starts declaring, you murdered people, Jack. And we coming for you. God will exact vengeance on you. You will reap what you sow. Now fast forward two years. Abimelech's been the king over this, this town, Sechem or Sechem or however you say it. And all of a sudden, the Lord exacts some vengeance on old Abimelech. And he puts an evil spirit between Abimelech and all them cats that killed all of his brothers. And they start warring and they start fighting. And as the story goes, ladies and gentlemen, Abimelech attacks his own city. And he destroys it. The Bible says they, he sowed their, their fields. Anybody a farmer in here, they sowed their fields and salt. 
He ruined everything that they had. And then he was beating and destroying everybody. Well, back then, I didn't do a ton of study on it. But a lot of these cities, the way they would stay safe, they built these great big tall towers. And they thought, well, if we can make them out of stone big enough and get way up there, they can't do nothing to us. So this city runs, Seachem all runs into this big old tower. They climb up in the tower. Well, here comes Abimelech. And now we get to our scripture text. Where the Bible says, or close to our scripture text, where the Bible says Abimelech runs to that tower and he can't get in. So you know what he does? He tells all of his battle-hardened men to go cut a log in the forest. And they lay those logs up against this tower and they set the tower on fire. And they burn the tower down with all those people alive in that tower. Burnt alive. He's a nice fella, isn't he? Well, as that bloodshed didn't uh, do enough for him, he sees this little bitty town right next to uh, this town he just burns, and it's called Thebes. And now, if you'll allow me to get just a little animated, I'm going to tell you the story like I see it. The lunatic from Indiana. It was a day just like today. The, the weather was perfect. And on this day, all the ladies of Thebes came together in the, in, the, in, in the city square. And they ground their meal. And because their men were out in the fields working, she could only take a little piece of a millstone that she could run and roll back and forth to grind that grain down so they could have bread. She had her little kids running around. It was just a, a beautiful sight. The men were working in the field. But they had heard... Did you hear about what happened to Sechem yesterday? Hey, did you hear about that evil king, Abimelech? Did you hear what he did to them? Did you hear what he did? Can you see all them women together grinding and they're talking, shooting the breeze, you know? Hey, hey, stop that kid. Put that, put that lizard down. What's wrong with you? And he looks back. She goes, yeah, I heard. That's pretty scary. He burned them alive. Killed them all. All of a sudden, while they're grinding their meal, they hear from their tower, run for your life. It's Abimelech. He's coming. Can you see the people running into each other, knocking each other out and falling down? Can you see the kids going crazy? Can you see everybody jumping, not knowing what to do? They weren't a fortified city. All they had was a tower, just like Sechem. In the midst of all this trouble, just an insignificant, no-named little lady. The Bible doesn't even give her name. She gathers her children up. And for whatever fateful reason, she grabs her piece of millstone. I might need this. And then grabs those little snot boxes. Let's go. Let's get out of here. We got to go to the tower. So she goes running to the tower. Here they all filing up in her. Somehow she beat everybody to the tower because she got to the very top where she could look over. Here comes Abimelech. Now in my studies of this story, it is a known fact that every general and every uh, head of an army was taught don't ever get close to a tower after Abimelech. <laughs> Abimelech never had that training. <laughs> Woo! So here comes Abimelech. I'm going to get you, I'm going to huff, I'm going to puff, and I'm going to blow your tower down. And if I can't do that, I'm going to burn it down. 
But something crawled up inside of this woman. Something crawled up inside of this lady. All she was was a mother. All she was good at. I bet she had a good strong forearm. <laughs> Grinding that grain, baby. She wasn't going to arm wrestling. He's way down there. And she goes, yeah, I think I get him. <laughs> he got a big old fat head. <laughs> he thinks he's something. And she grabs that millstone and she throws it down. Can you imagine this sight? All the fighting men, all the trained dudes with slings and, 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 and spears and, and swords and armor. Probably sounded like a cracking open a, wa a watermelon or cracking open a coconut or something. Whew. Hey, bud, stab me. <laughs> that, un that insignificant lady just took me out. <laughs> you see, the town saw a woman. God saw a deliverer. God saw a bad woman. God saw a woman that said, you know, if I just give her just a little nudge, she's she going she gonna to stand up. If I give her just a little nudge, she's going to become superwoman. She's going to become wonder woman. She ain't going to put up with this junk. And what I can't get these men to do, and ladies, let me, let me help somebody in here. He'll use you as much as he'll use anybody. He loves you as much as he loves anybody. When there ain't a man to stand up, you know who needs to? The lady. A woman. I tell you what, 90% of the greatest people in my life were ladies that led me to Jesus, that took the time to say something to me. That's why you heard me say, thank you Sunday school teachers, because when I was young, they taught me Jesus' name baptism. They taught me to stand for the Word of God. Woo! My mother was mean as tough as a, a, a junkyard dog. Oh, man, I feel the Holy Ghost today. I, I, can you see him? Can, can, you, can you see him over on the hill? It's a little bitty shepherd boy. You see him over there? He's red-headed. He's ruddy. Kind of a sissy. He's playing the harp. <laughs> and he's singing. Okay. <laughs> Get the picture? See him? About 10, 12 years old at the time, maybe 14. And he's got older brothers that look like this chisel out of granite. You're talking to me. <laughs> Yo, Adrian. Sorry if your name's Adrian. <laughs> I'm not talking to you. <laughs> David, bless the Lord. And they're like, send that fool out in the field. <laughs> He was insignificant. Here comes Samuel, the prophet. Like George Jefferson. Come on. And here he comes. Look at him. Hey, uh, I've come to anoint the next king of all of Israel. Line your boys up. Did he not? They left David in the field. He was insignificant. God, I hope somebody's getting this this morning. I was from a split home. My mom died of alcoholism at 50 years old. I finally, this last couple months, lived longer than my mom lived. 
Don't feel sorry for me. That's why I preach like I preach. That's why I tell like I tell. Because I ain't got time to worry about what you think about me. I ain't got time to worry about whether... I, I want to I like your feelings. I want to love you. But I believe I am loving you by telling you the truth. I believe I am loving you by trying to get you closer to Jesus. What story was I telling? I already forgot. David, yeah. Told you I'm lunatic from old age. Do you know what that prophet said to Jesse? He said, you ain't got no more boys? You ain't got none? He goes, well, 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 we got one. He's out there in the field. He's playing a harp and he's singing little songs. That had to be what they thought of him. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just, it's the truth. He said, we ain't going to sit down. We ain't passing gold and collecting 200. We ain't doing nothing until that boy's standing in front of me and I see him. When God looks at you, he don't see insignificant. You were created in the image of God. Now be honest. Does God make mistakes? Now I'm sorry if you've got a handicap. I'm sorry if you're ugly like me. I'm sorry if you can't run the mile no more. <laughs> I can bounce the mile. You're created in the image of God. And the devil's scared to death of you. But you got to know that he is. My God, somebody take that. You see, the family thought he was a sissy. The family thought, my Lord, dad must have had an affair. Because that boy didn't come from mom. But God saw a king. God saw a giant killer. God said, when I get done with him, Saul's killed his thousands. Yes, yes. But David's killed his ten thousands. I'm telling you today, insignificance is not an option anymore. I want to get in somebody's deep crawl. And I want to crawl inside of you and go into some corners in your life that you ain't even told pastor, that you ain't even told your wife, that the devil's got you feeling insignificant and low and down in your spirit. Well, I can't do this. I can't go there. I can't tell that one. I want to tell somebody today, God don't see you that way. God don't see you that way. God don't see you that way. He didn't make no mistake when He created you. He didn't make no mistake making you the way that you are. If you'll stand up with whatever you've got, God will make you powerful. You can be undefeated. If God be for me, in all my weakness, in all my trials, in all my stupidity, if God's before me, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. Woo! Hallelujah. Insignificance is not an option today. It's time to stand up. It's time to fight. 
It's time to get something going on for Jesus. I remember, and if I preach too long, just tell me shut up. I'll hurry. When I was eight, my mom, we, we split homes, alcoholism, whole nine yards. <coughs> and she would always play movies that you shouldn't play when little kids could see. So I got afraid of everything. I scared of my shadow. I scared of everything. And I started being taken to an apostolic church in Sunday school. And they told me Jesus loved me. And they told me there's, there was a Jesus. And they told me he'd save me. You know what they told me? They told me if you ever get afraid and you ever are fearful, say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. So one night, I'm in the bottom bunk of the bunk bed and a ghost come in my room. My brother's on the top bunk, and he's seven. I seen it. It was right there. I got so scared. You know, you think, you can't see it, it can't see you, you know. Like an ostrich. History Channel. And I couldn't handle it no more. And something rose up in me. I know this is crazy and trivial. And I looked over there at that thing. And I couldn't handle it no more, Pastor. I said, I'm, I'm tired of being a sis. I'm, I'm tired of being yellow. I'm tired of this. I said, Jason, wake up. There's a ghost. And he goes, ah! shut up. Don't talk to it. I said, I'm not only going to talk to it, but I'm finally going to stand up. And I jumped up out of my bunk bed and cracked my head on the top of that thing and laid back down for a second. I got up and I said, Jason, I'm going to count to three. And when I do, I'm going to bust that thing in the mouth. See, I'd been taking karate for about a week. And I thought I was Bruce Lee. He goes, let me do the count and I want to see this. He goes, one, two. I said, slow down. He goes, three. I ran over. I closed my eyes, brother. And I punched that thing as hard as I could. That big old Casper's an unfriendly ghost. And it was my white shirt hanging on a doorknob. And I busted my hand, brother. I crumpled. Look at my pinky. Oh, you want to see something good, huh? Watch that. Oh, that hurts you, didn't it? It doesn't hurt. So I said all that to say this. Will somebody hear me? I don't know what you're battling. I don't know what that insignificant thing is to you. I don't know what you're fighting. I don't know where you're going. What you're doing. See, you can have a title. You, you, you can be a pastor. You could, you, you could be whoever you are in the community making big money. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. And still feel insignificant in a certain part in your spirit that you haven't let God touch yet. It wasn't until I said I can't do this no 
more before I was willing to jump up and take control of the situation. Now that's a little kid, nine years old. It's a crazy story. But God's in this place waiting on you to believe that you're his child. He, he's in this place waiting on you to understand I got a work for you to do. I got. Do you know you've got lost loved ones? Do you know you've got a co-worker that you think will cuss your face off? He's untouchable. She's untouchable. Do you know she goes home and he goes home at night and cries out and prays? I wish somebody would tell me about Jesus. But they look at you like this. And you're like, oh my God, they'll kill me. And God's like, no, you don't understand. I've been talking to them. I've been interrupting their sleep. I've been interrupting their finances. I, I, I've been causing some marital distress. I've been causing their kids to go crazy. And, and, and they're looking for you, but, but you don't know they're looking for you because you're feeling insignificant. And you're feeling like, well, blah, 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 blah. The pastor was here. Man, I wonder if we could just call that crazy Brent lunatic dude and he'd come down and say something to him. And Jesus is like, I got you. I got you. I got you. We think it's us. When God says, if you'll just share me, I'll do the work. I'll do the work. You guys have studied. You Probably half of you know more about the Bible than I do. How many times did Jerusalem really have to pull their sword and fight? Wasn't very many. He discombobulated them. They all fought against one another. They all stabbed one another. I mean, could you imagine Gideon? He comes in with a flashlight and a piece of glass and, and, <laughs> and something else. And, and, and all them guys just start killing one another. God did that. He was, there was 300 of them against 1,000. If I'm not mistaken, there were so many of them, they couldn't even number them. It was like the sands of the sea, they said. Your situation's not too big for God. The circuit, now listen, I'm talking to a lot of saved people this morning. I'll talk to some unsaved people tonight. So come back. I've been saved. I've been baptized in, in June. 30 some years now, I think it is. No, it's longer than that. What, 40 some? Yeah, because I was nine when I got the Holy Ghost. I'm fit. Yeah, there you go. Do the math. I'm from Indiana. <laughs> and I know for a fact that if we will allow ourselves, the devil will push us down in insignificance. Can I, can I be honest, Pastor, just for two seconds? I, my God, if he's any more honest, we're going to kill him. Now, in this worship service, the Holy Ghost was so strong. But because you guys get it every service, it's easy to sit back and not worship. It's easy to sit back and not praise the God that saved you because, listen, this is why I'm preaching this message. Because Can I, can I touch you? You don't want to beat me up. The Bible says touch, touch no man suddenly, so I'm going to have you. Here's the devil. Uh -uh. You sit down here, boy. And as soon as you feel that urge to want to get up and worship, this happens. 
to a saint of God. To a baptized in Jesus' name filled with the Holy Ghost saint of God. That's not God's will. That's not God's purpose in your life. My God. He wants somebody to stand up and say, listen, I don't care if I lose everything. I don't care if my house catches on fire. I don't care if my my health goes bad. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to stand up and praise the name of Jesus. Take that devil. Take that devil. Take this devil. Take this devil. Take this devil. You can worship your way out of a... You can praise your way out of a circumstance. Yes, we want to anoint you with oil. Yes, the elders will lay hands on you. But you can help yourself to a dance. You can help yourself to leaping for joy. Leaping for joy. Hey, we invite you to run the aisles like old time apostolic Pentecostal. We invite you to roll. And whatever it takes to get insignificance off of you, get it off. Somebody needs your worship. Somebody needs your praise. If he can keep you insignificant, you'll go to work tomorrow. And you won't be smiling like you would if you didn't feel insignificant. You can see. If he can keep you trapped, if he can keep his thumb on you, you won't smile at that dude pumping the gas next to you like you should. What's up, bro? How's it going? I don't know what you say down here. Howdy, y'all. I don't know. I say howdy, y'all. What's up, man? How are you? Doing good day? Good day, ain't it? He's either high, he crazy. That's what they like to say about me. I like that. Because when they ask me, I get to explain myself. Why, thank you for asking. I am crazy for Jesus, weirdo. What's your excuse? Serious question. What's God been at? Ooh, I'm about to say something. What's God been asking you to do that you won't do? What's God leading you to do at school, P7 club? Starting a Bible study club, starting some prayer. Can I talk to the youth for just a minute that's up here? Will y'all let me? I know it's late. You should already been eating your pot roast. You got pot roast, I will come. So anyway. Hey guys, your age group's nuts. They really are right now. I was a youth pastor for 18 years. I've never seen it less bad. We got a girl and boys. It doesn't matter how close, how crazy their youth pastor is. It's not about the youth pastor. It's about what you catch from the youth pastor. I can speak from experience. I can lead them in the prayer. I'm the first one in the prayer room. I'm the last one to leave. I'm the first one on work days. The last one to leave. I'm the hardest worker. I make myself be more than what anybody expects me to be because I believe I'm doing that for Jesus. And if I'll do it for Jesus, I can't outgive Jesus. Jesus will give back to me. Press down, shaken together, and running over. 
You can't outgive God. Okay? Listen to me. This is about your relationship with Jesus Christ. Not your moms, not your dads, not your grandmas, not your pastors, not your youth pastors. This is about you and God. Do you hear me, young people? I don't care what they do at school. I don't care what they do on the block. I don't care what your family does. All that matters is what you do. Jesus is looking for you to stand up. He needs another David. He needs another Gideon. He needs another Daniel. He needs another Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He needs another Ruth. Come on. He needs another Naomi. Come on. He needs another somebody that will stand up and say, You know what? I will not lay here and die. I will be what God wants me to be. I will do it. I will stand up. I will make a difference in my community. This morning, the, I wrote it down in the pen this morning. The Lord told me that the, 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 the druggies, the bottom's about to fall out on their drugs. The sickness, the bottom's about to fall out and they're going to need a church full of significant people. They're going to need a church full of people that ain't afraid to tell them, I got a God that can heal you and put your life back together. I got a God that can wash your sins away, make you feel light as a feather. Stand with me this morning. Stand with me this morning. Music can come. However you all do it. I'm going to tell you about one more insignificant person. Now I'll open these. These altars are open. Her name was Rahab. Anybody remember? Pretty nice lady, wasn't she? Say no. Because if you don't know your Bible, <laughs> don't say, oh yeah, she was beautiful. She probably was beautiful. Owner of a brothel. Had a house right on the wall. No doubt the devil in her mind had rendered her insignificant. The only way she could find to make that kind of money was do the kind of thing she was doing. And in her heart, she wanted freedom of that. In her, you know how I know? Where did God send the angel? Where, where, did, where did he send the messenger? Where did he send the people? To her. Because she had been praying. I don't want to be here no more. I wished I could change my occupation. I wished I could be a different person. But on the outside, she's just welcomed business into the, into the house. You can't get much lower in that day and age than what she was. The Jews thought total insignificance. But when it was all said and done, and she was saved, you realize she married a man named Salmon? Who was of the lineage of David? Who was of the lineage of Jesus Christ? From harlot to heaven. He's looking for somebody in here today. You may not be any of them horrible things that I've taught about. But insignificance will sit on everybody. Weakness will sit on anybody. Fear 
will set on anybody. But you don't have to sit there and take it. I don't care if you crawl down the aisle to the altar. The Lord will lift you up. I don't care if you got to ask your neighbor, will you go arm in arm with me and come down there so I can defeat this? I'll come and help you. Jesus is looking for His winners in this last day. He's looking for His Apostle Pauls. He's looking for a little no-name lady from Thebes that's not afraid to cast the millstone. He's looking for another David in this place. Because when the bottom falls out of your neighbors, when the bottom falls out of those cocky, smart aleck relatives of yours, that's made fun of you. You know, you know the, the old saying that my great-grandpa, which was in World War II, Mike, you, you, you know why I'm so crazy? My great-grandpa got out of the Navy in World War II and didn't fight enough, so he joined back up with the Army to go fight some more. We crazy. I wish somebody in here would be crazy enough to believe what I'm preaching to you this morning. And come to the altar. Lay aside your food that's waiting on you in the crock pot at home. Lay aside that favorite restaurant you got on Sunday. And say, God, I don't want to live another day with this insignificant feeling that I feel. I will not be held captive one more moment by the binds that I've been held captive by. I don't care whether it's sickness. I don't care whether it's financial distress. I don't care if you got marital struggles. I don't care if you're addicted to pornography and nobody knows about it. I don't care if you're smoking. I don't care if you're drinking. I don't care if you're chewing. I don't care if you're lying. I don't care what it is. Jesus loves me. This I know. Come on. Remember the old song we teach our kids and then we don't believe it when we become an adult? For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong. They are weak. Hey, He already knew we'd be weak. But He said it. Come on to the strong. Altars are open. Won't we all come? Won't we all come? Because sometimes when you open the altars, the people that need it the most won't come because they're scared so won't we all come and won't we all surrender ourselves to God won't we all shake off insignificance today come on no wonder the Lord asked me to sing little as much when God's in it is the place you're called to labor seem so small and little known come on hark the voice of God is calling you <laughs> hallelujah come on Jesus loves you this morning Jesus wants to save you this morning. Jesus wants to re-save you. He wants to put your feet on a path that leads to glory. Man, I feel it in the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody's even asked themselves, if I died today, I don't know that I'd be ready to go to heaven. Would I really be ready? Do you know that there's a place in God you can get where the Bible says make your calling and election sure? You can leave here today unequivocally without a doubt knowing that you're going to heaven that you're going to walk upon streets of purest gold this pastor right here will baptize you in Jesus name for the remission of your sins and you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues as God's spirit gives you the utterance today Jesus loves you today Jesus cares for you today 
Jesus wants to stand up inside of you and tell the devil to get away. Come on, somebody, cry out. Somebody let that desperation well up in your spirit. Somebody say, God, if, if, if you're even half as true as that boy said you were, i got to have you today. Come on, God. Come on, God. I don't want this arthritis no more. God, I don't want this sickness no more. God, I don't want this trouble in my mind no more. Every time I try to pray, this thing pops in my mind and renders me insignificant. But I stand against it today. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Come on, one mind and one accord. Let's cry out to Him together.